Simple Life Together, Episode 34, Let's Talk Money, and an interview with Bonnie Duquette from The Joyful Organizer. Hi, and welcome to Simple Life Together, a podcast dedicated to leading a simpler life in the modern world. I'm Dan Hayes. And I'm Vanessa Hayes. Well, welcome back, everybody. On the last episode of the show, we talked with Joel Zaslowski from TheValueOfSimple.com and The Smart and Simple Matters Show. We had a terrific time hanging out with Joel at the World Domination Summit over the 4th of July weekend up in Portland. We sure did. It's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. We're, we're going to talk more about WDS later, but man, we the best thing about Joel, other than he's a fantastic guy, he's really easy to find in a crowd, right? <laughs> He's super tall. Because he's really tall, <laughs> really? you know, and he always has a big smile. Oh, he's and, awesome. Uh, yeah, it was, we had a great time hanging out with Joel and a ton of other folks. Uh, yeah. That, uh, and we'll get more into World Domination Summit stuff later on. And, That's uh, cool. But yeah, we had a really, really, really nice time. So Yeah, it was definitely worth it. Yeah. Well, on today's show, we are going to talk a bit about money. Money, um, money, money, money. <laughs> yep. Oh, money. I can't hit that note. <laughs> I think I can't either. <laughs> well, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, um, you know we have our lives structured around what we call our five pillars of faith, family, finances, fitness, and future. And so, of course, money fits right in there, doesn't it? Sure does. <laughs> yeah. And another thing we're going to kick around, that we, we've talked about this since before we even began the show, is something that I wanted to do was to find an interesting article or a blog post or something, and then just kind of discuss it with one another, unfiltered. So um, we're going to give that a shot today. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, but then later on, um, we have another very special guest visiting us, um, and that's going to be Bonnie Duquette from The Joyful Organizer. You know, we had a really terrific conversation yeah, with sure her. Did. So you want to stick around for that, folks, because she has some great tips to share with she us. She sure does. That was a really, really good talk. And remember that uh, there's not going to be a full show next week, but we will be back on August 1st with a show from the road because we'll be out on the road. So That'll be interesting, too. Yeah, that'll mm-hmm. be fun. <laughs> okay, so let's get to it. Let's talk about money. Um, and actually, we're going we're gonna to talk about an article written by Seth Godin. And if you haven't heard of Seth Godin, he's written 14 books that have been translated into more than 30 languages. Um, and every single one of them has been a bestseller. So Yeah, and he, he essentially writes about like post-industrial revolution, uh, the way ideas spread, marketing, leadership, and most of all, just changing everything, how things, how things work. It's kind of like reading his stuff is almost like watching an episode of Seinfeld where, remember, remember back then, it was like they can make a show about absolutely nothing, but we all identify with it because yeah, we it's get something it. we see every day. Uh-huh. That's, how, that's how I identify with Seth's writing. It's like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. He's so right. Yep. So... Um, his blog posts are typically the first thing in my inbox in the morning because he sends really? them out early in the morning. And so, I mean, he has my attention almost first thing in almost every morning. Wow. And, uh, and he's also a fellow Buffalo boy like me. <laughs> of course, you so got to like him, gotta right? got to like him. Does he like chicken wings? Super hot? Well, gee, I, I don't know. You we'll we'll have someday. to ask him. <laughs> <laughs> so he recently wrote a post titled Thinking About Money. And of course, we'll link to that in the show notes at simplelifetogether.com slash 034. Yeah, so I think Dan will read the intro to the piece, and then we'll discuss some of the 16 points he makes. And yeah. Now, we won't hit all of them, right? Right. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, we'll probably hit about half of them yeah, or so. A little more than half, I think. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because we don't want to spoil your fun. We want you to be able to check out the post yourself. So. Yeah. So, excuse me, I'm going to read a little bit here. So, uh, here goes. 
Many marketers work overtime to confuse us about money. They take advantage of our misunderstanding of the time value of money, of our aversion to reading the fine print, of our childish need for instant gratification, which we talk a lot about, mm-hmm. and most of all, our conflicted emotional connection to money. Confusing customers about money can be quite profitable if that's the th- sort of work you're willing to do. Mm. So that's all from Seth. Now, he gives us these points. So we're going to go through these points. So a few things to keep in mind, he says. Number one, the amount of money you have has nothing to do with whether or not you're a good person. Being good with money is a little like being good with cards. People who are good at playing cards aren't better or worse than anyone else. They're just better at playing crazy eights. So, <laughs> okay. so that's his point. So you could see a little bit of the quirkiness in there. Yeah, and but so, as far as the makes sense, the though, content, it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, simple, but I get it. <laughs> right. And so I think that, um, you know, when we're talking about that, I mean, it's really an astute observation, really, when you think about it. People think sometimes that just because you have money, you're you know, you're better or, right. or or whatever or not if you don't have money. And I think it's kind of interesting the way that um, I think we kind of default to that. I think we tend to trust people yeah. with money more than by, by human nature. And that's totally wrong. Yeah, it is wrong. It's kind of like that gal that we've mentioned her before that was at the first World Domination Summit that we listened to. And, and there's a story this other gal was telling us about how, so you're measuring your insides by somebody's outsides, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you're measuring yourself um, your goodness, so to speak, by the fact that somebody just has a lot of money, right. by their material possessions, and that's just not cool. <laughs> yeah, and I would, I would submit too that maybe we also judge their level of intelligence. Yeah, based on mm-hmm. how much money they have, of course, wrongly, yeah. because we've met a lot of not so smart rich people and mm-hmm. and very very intelligent people who don't have a lot of money. Yeah. So. Okay, let's move on to point number two. Okay, so number two is money spent on one thing is still the same as money spent on something else. A $500 needless fee on a million-dollar mortgage closing is just as much money as a $500 tip at McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah, again, that's so a, you, you would think, okay, well, no-brainer. But uh, it, it's so true. Sometimes when you, you get in that mode of, um, of buying something, you tend to just – throw they have different add-ons for things heck we i mean we just closed on selling the land and it's like all of these little things that they tack on and especially if you're rolling that into a loan you figure okay well that's it's only it's only five hundred dollars but spread out across the 30 years of a loan or something it might seem nominal but right it's it's still still five hundred (laughs) dollars and the interest on that's gonna with interest is gonna be even higher and then I think, too, is like when you were talking about folks that are wealthy versus those that aren't, um, and you think that, well, gosh, why isn't he spending more money? It's just 500 for him, $500. That's just, that's like $5 to, you know, to, might just be like $5 to him. So you might think that he's being cheap, but, you know, just because he's wealthy doesn't mean he can, he or she can just spend the money right. as he will. Right. They still are valuing that price. They're like, hey, $500 is $500. Regardless if I'm wealthy or not, if I don't need to needlessly spend it, then I shouldn't. Right. Kind of an attitude. So anyway. That's, yeah, cool. <laughs> so let's move on to number three. Okay. So if you borrow money to make money, you've done something magical. On the other hand, if you go into debt to pay your bills or buy something you want but don't need, you've done something stupid. Stupid and short-sighted and ultimately life-changing for the worse. Wow, to the point, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he calls it like he sees it. Yeah, borrow money to make money. That's Yeah, I get it. It's a good thing. But uh, yeah, going into debt, and we've all done it. I mean, well, I don't know we've all done it, but I know I've done that. And, you know, I've gone into debt just needlessly for just stupid material possessions. Not smart. 
not smart, you know, because again, that's you're borrowing from your future, like which we yeah, said we've before. talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I and I think a lot of people, when you're in that excitement mode about buying something, you maybe, I guess, you tend to want it almost at all costs. So you mm-hmm. see all the good things. You're you're if if you are buying something, betting that it will bring some kind of joy to your life. You're gonna justify it. Then? You're gonna justify it in, in certain way. ways, and you're not. You're only gonna look at the positive things it's gonna bring. You don't look at the life hours that you have to spend in order to pay for that. That's true, yeah. Good so, point. Yeah. All right, so number four, um, it kind of goes along with number three. Getting out of debt as fast as you possibly can is the smartest thing you can do with your money. If you need proof to confirm this, ask anyone with money to show you the math. Hint, credit card companies make more profit than just about any other companies in the world. And that's Isn't the that? first thing that you get hit with as a college student Yeah. Is, oh, yeah. Sign up for this. It's awesome. But you don't understand how credit cards work. You don't understand the fees. And, oh, it's a nightmare. I was asked in the last two days, I've been asked three times, would you like to save, and they weren't all exactly the same wording, but would you like to save 10% on your purchase today by, Oh yeah. or or, do you have a such and such card? You can save 20%. And it's it's like, so I'm going to go into debt for, and and, you know, they're programmed to say it. They have to say it, you know, so it's not the cashier's fault. But they they have to ask it, and I bet there's a a mathematical number that they've obviously estimated that X number of fish are going to bite. Right, sure. So you're going to save 10% on your $80 purchase, and then... Just today. Just today. And then you're only going to pay 18% in interest, you know? Right. Over, if you're lucky, 18% uh, on on your next major purchases. Mm -hmm. I tell them every time when they ask me that, I just say, I've worked too hard to to get out of debt. There's no way I'm going back. Right. And that's it. That's enough said. And they're like, good on you. Every time they're like, good on you. It's like, yep. Worked way too hard to get out of debt. Ain't yep. doing that again. <laughs> that's like that $2,000 stereo that I bought for like... Oh, back in the day? Back in the day. For like... For, it was a $300 stereo. But it ended up in the long run at only 26% interest. It didn't <laughs> oh matter to gosh. me. I had music in my barracks room. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Ouch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Insane. All right. <laughs> okay. So number five. There's no difference in terms of the money you have between spending money and not earning money, no difference between not spending money and getting a raise. Actually, because of taxes, you're even better off not spending. If you've got cable TV and a cell phone, you're spending $4,000 a year, 6000 before taxes. This blew me away. Cause, all right. Because I, I was like, instantly, I was like, you'd, got, you'd have to be insane to spend $4,000 a year on that. And so I, I quickly did the math in my head. We're spending yeah. more than that on, uh, between cable and cell phone plan. Oh, my gosh. We're dumping it. Let's dump cable. I'm all about Let's it. Let's dump cell phones, too. We'll just use smoke signals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just something that's going to happen. <laughs> right. But, I mean, isn't that amazing? And then and then that's right, $6,000 before taxes. That's crazy. Yeah, you know what? Um, it's funny because you do get in the moment of things, and you just – and you – Consider that like a necessity or whatever for our business. Sure. Yada, yada. You can, again, justify how you yeah. want. But boy, once you start looking at numbers and really starting to be objective about these things, it's very eye-opening. No kidding. Yeah. And you're working, I mean, we're working with finite resources here. Mm-hmm. You know, so oh my gosh. It's a, it really is amazing where the money goes. Yes. So, because we don't, have a, we don't have a hardcore line-by-line budget. We just don't. I know a lot of people do, and I know we should. But 
thankfully, we it's not something we have to track, but we are going to start We're starting, and just, that's what's awesome. I think yeah. that's the whole point of this article, though, is just yeah. having is you to have a better respect and understanding of what money right. is. And, and and we'll get into a little bit more of those that discussion. But, yeah, I mean, you just kind of take it for granted, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, you start adding it up, and that is a lot no of kidding. money being thrown down just for a little bit of tube action and yeah, <laughs> internet maybe, access. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so next one, number six. If money is an emotional issue for you, you've just put your finger on a big part of the problem. No one who is good at building houses has an emotional problem with hammers. <laughs> Place your emotional problems where they belong and focus on seeing money as a tool. I love this. Yeah. It's so, so true. Um, and, you know, but I wonder, what, is, what are some of those emotional issues people are having? Is it that emotional, like, attachment to finding a good sale and so they're always, you know, trying to buy and spend? Or, or what's the other emotional attachments? Maybe hoarding money like not yeah. wanting to share anything you know yeah. like they're all f- afraid of it um not donating money is or that if, kind of emotional if, attachment if, to if it? they have yeah if they have a lot they feel emotionally they feel stable mm, okay yeah and, yeah which or, is understandable. or yeah. the opposite of that where they don't have enough money so they're stressed constantly is that like yeah. an emotional attachment sure. too and just trying to i'm just but it's it really is this really kind of hits the nail on the head because he's talking about hammers. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if you start to see it as a tool, I think you're going to be I have a lot more respect for money right. itself. So, hmm. All right. And the next one is? Okay. Like many important professional endeavors, money has its own vocabulary. It won't take you long to learn what opportunity cost, investment, debt, leverage, basis points, and sunk cost means, but it'll be worth your time. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I, as I'm reading this, I don't know what some of those mean. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> you know? yeah, I definitely don't either. But, but it's right. It, every everybody ha- or everything has its own uh, vernacular, vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And, and if you are going to be in the money game and you're playing in the big money game, you know, you're running a business or something, these are all things that, that you most likely should know. Right. I'm embarrassed that I don't know a couple of these. And those last two, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Switch right now, babe. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> Put it in a Google machine. So yeah, so that's a task for us. Learn a little bit more about the vocabulary money. Definitely. All right, you're next. Okay, never sign a contract or make an investment that you don't understand at least as well as the person on the other side of the transaction. All right, yeah, like so, that happens when you're buying a house and a car. Exactly. I was just going to say buying a car. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And and even I when you n- research and research, it's still frustrating. <laughs> I never felt good about it until we bought your truck. When the guy was like, uh, oh, we don't make money on each sale. We make money on volume. So so if you're not worried about making money on each sale, mm-hmm. and then you make a lot of sales, that means you've lost a lot of money. So how are you making anything on volume? Unless they give you huge bonuses for just selling <laughs> numbers of cars. you know. So, I mean, I had to raise the BS flag on yep. it a little bit and then yeah. go through some numbers with them because it's a, it's a shell game. It is a shell game. It really is. Yeah. And you really need to, there's so many resources out there now for you to be able to do a little bit of research. I I mean, I'm not going in there trying to rip the guy off. I understand a company has to make a profit, but there's an acceptable level of profit, you know, that I'm willing to pay. So, and you have to go in as, well, I'm not saying you as, but I I need to go in as an informed Mm -hmm. uh, consumer and... And so I don't have the wool pulled over my eyes because right. it's true. I mean, they're they're going to make 
they're going to try and make a buck out of you. Like any person who goes in and says, I don't care what the total cost is. I just want my monthly payments to be this. Oh, you know, if we do it over six years, then we can get your payments actually under that. Okay, let's do it. I mean, it's, and some people are, they have no leverage, so they have to do that. But you, you should at least know what you're, what you're doing there. You know, you mentioned leverage too. And actually when we bought that car, um, we had leverage because we had both had excellent credit, and it was like we could just say, "Hey, come on, you can't throw this stuff at us. We're not desperate here. We can walk away right now and get another car." Yeah, you know. So I understand leverage a little bit. <laughs> at least I understand that term. <laughs> oh, hey, by what? By the way, a side note here is I, we, I should say, are proud owners of our vehicle now. That's so. right. Yeah, so both of them are taken yeah, care of. That's it's, good. It's a very good feeling. So I paid it off a, a year and a half early because we're trying to have a healthier respect for money. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we'll keep them and not have to go in and sit on that that uh, that bad side of the desk at the car dealer for there you quite go. some time. There you go. All right. So next one. You got the next one. Okay. If you've got a job, a steady day job, now's the time to figure out a way to earn extra income in your spare time. Freelancing. Selling items on Etsy, building a side business, two hundred extra dollars every week for the next twenty years can create peace of mind for a lifetime. Yeah, no kidding. I'm not gonna try and do math in public on that, but that totally fits in with our side gig website guide, yep. which you can get on uh, at simplelifetogether.com. Just click the website guide thing over at the side. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people when they do want to, they finally figure out what their passion is, or or. Better yet, a passion that will make them some money that there's a de- uh, demand for and a need for out there that people are willing to pay for. That that's that's what the passion you should be pursuing. Um, yeah, that's a biggie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, a lot of people want to dive into that head first, quit the job, escape from cubicle nation, as Pam Slim says. And yeah. uh, and really, the way to the best way to do that is to explore that a little bit as a side gig. So, um, which you've always. I've always recommended, recommended and, that, yeah. And so um, Seth is kind of reinforcing that here. So moving on, we're going to skip number 10. We're going to go to 11. The way you feel about giving money to good causes has a lot to do with the way you feel about money. Wow. And I think, I think that that is, it falls in line with, he said, learn to use money as a tool. Yeah. You know, because that is what a tool is. It's like you wanting to help build wells and and ethiopia for Mm -hmm. to so people have fresh water through Mm -hmm. charity water that money is merely a tool there's Mm -hmm. money there is there's more money than you ever will need out there Mm -hmm. you just have to find a way to help other people do what they want to do and then the money will flow Mm -hmm. and then you can use that as a tool to to do things that you want to do i agree weren't you reading a book recently about that too that talks about how to kind of live simply and everything to, so you can have the resources to help give back, to do work with charities. I know a couple of the books that I've been reading, especially Will Davis Jr.'s book, uh, Enough, is very big on that. You know, yeah. it's, but uh, anyhow, yeah. I just remember there's some other books out there. I mean, it's just this whole philosophy of living with less so that you can give away more, you can help more, and things like that, too. And, um, and I think it's, I really, I really like this, what he says right. here, because, again, very simple. But when you see that the folks that are willing to give, um, and what I th- find is really impressive too, even when you don't have a lot of money, the folks that are still willing to give says sure. a lot about that. You know how they feel about money. It's really neat. Yeah, I th- I think it's a good point. Yeah. So the next one is don't get caught confusing money with security. There are lots of ways to build a life that's more secure, starting with the stories you tell yourself, the people you surround yourself with, and the cost of living you embrace. 
money is one way to feel more secure, but money alone won't deliver this. That's rem- so true. It reminds me of that, uh, um, that one scene from Titanic where the rich guy tries to buy his way off the ship and, uh, and the crew <laughs> member tells him, hey, your money, is, your money can't save me anymore than it's going to save you. Yeah. You know, there are certain things that it can do as a tool. We keep getting back to that money as a tool. Yeah. You know, when you really think about it, I mean, you, it's just this imaginary system that mankind has built. Right. You know, it has no inherent value yeah. in and of itself, mm-hmm. no intrinsic value, yeah. but we assign a value to it. And it's so, it's sad that, that so much emphasis is put on it by right. so many. Honestly, it can make a, a miserable situation maybe somewhat better by providing some physical comforts and so forth, but I can't buy by a true emotional comfort or no. or true peace of mind. Any kind of connectedness with other humans right. or whatever. You know, actually, I wanted to mention uh, Chris Jube, his one, who is one of our listeners out there, and he uh, and his wife have, what, 16 kids? 16 kids, kids right? yeah. Um, and they wrote a book called Love in the House, and that was, I think they only had 13 kids or one on the way type of thing at the time. But what I love about it is because, um, and they were on uh, on a television show talking about families that have a lot of kids and stuff, and and one of the biggest questions they asked is, how do you survive? I mean, without, you know, not having a whole lot of wealth and trying to survive this family, don't you feel miserable? Isn't it tough? And this and that. And he says, it is the total opposite. They have way more security than money could ever buy them and yeah. give them. But that through their faith and their family and their friends, they have more security than a lot of folks that they know that are wealthy and well off. Yeah. So it was pretty inspiring. I really really love reading that book and I really liked his take on that. So yeah. it just shows you, I mean, you just can't, you can't replace that, that sense of security and connectedness with other humans and stuff. So. It's funny that that's uh, our, our little girl, it's Sunshine's favorite book too. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she carries it with her, with yeah. her everywhere. She yep. loves it. So yep. anyway, but good point. Okay. So the next one here, we're going to skip uh, 13 and 14. Okay. So within very wide bands, more money doesn't make people happier. Learning how to think about money though, usually does so yeah. we're kind of talking about that a little bit yeah, yeah. and I've, we've seen lots of studies there's there seems to be a different one every time you look search for it but essentially if you have an income of around 70 to seventy five thousand dollars, after that there's no correlation between the money you have and your level, level of, of happiness, perceived really? level of happiness yeah self-identified level of happiness yeah. yeah you know and we're not saying that more money isn't bad i think what we're trying to say here is that no matter how much money you do have, whether you're just kind of you know low on the income scale or high on there, it's that relationship that you have with it, right? And then the relationship you have with yourself and your own personal happiness. I mean, just, really, yeah. just like when we talk about your relationship with things, yeah, you know, it's it's not it's not healthy to to have this overwhelming emotional uh, attachment emotional, to that stuff. Exactly. Yep. Took, yeah, I couldn't find the words mm-hmm. you got them. Um, you know, those terrible fires out in Colorado recently, oh or any, if you take it, any natural disaster, we had a friend whose son lost his house in Oklahoma mm-hmm. during the, the recent tornadoes. And, you know, the first words out of, out of their mouth was, their collective mouths were, uh, were, was, we're all healthy. We all made it. We have our family. We have our kids. And, when you really think about it, I think it's healthy to look around your house every once in a while and say, if I had two minutes to run out of here, what would I grab? What are the important things? You know, of course, of course, you're leaving the kids out of it. You know that you're going to grab the kids first. Without a doubt. <laughs> I <hope> so. <laughs> right. And, uh, but I mean, the things that you really, that really mean something to you, either emotionally 
or the things that you or documents that you have mm-hmm. to grab just to make life easier. They're even replaceable. I was just going to say, but, even that. Yeah. You know, Dan and I do this exercise. You know, I don't know once a month, yeah. just kind of on the whim. We just say, and we just look around and we go. Yeah. There is nothing more important than just ourselves to get out of this house if right. we needed to. Yep. I mean, that is really the, kids the material things, the documents. We have our little, you know, we talked about this too. We have our little, you know, box that we can grab with all our documents. Yep. That's nice. If we can grab that, we probably would. But if it came down to it, I could care less. If yep. As long as we have our health and, you know, the family out of there, good to go. Yeah. But yeah, just have that healthy kind of mentality of really what's truly important. Yeah, so. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So then, Why don't you hit the last one? Okay. In the long run, doing work that's important leads to more happiness than doing work that's merely profitable. Oh, I love this too. Yeah. Oh, we were just talking about this too. It's like, I know, you know, Dan and I often reevaluate our business and where we want it to go. And, and I just said, I know bottom line, yes, it's nice to make a little money um, if and when we can, but I want to do work that is meaningful where somebody walks away and they've learned something to help improve their lives or something that has helped empower them. Something like that. I want to do work that is meaningful and share with the world. You know, it's not all about making, you know, a gazillion dollars or whatever. So I love that point. Yeah. How about you? Yeah. Mother Teresa, Gandhi, folks like that, you know, they didn't make a lot of money. No. And, uh, I mean, they lived off of uh, their work and that's what they're known for. Mm -hmm. So, well, so those are some, Great points, and we have to, of course, they're all Seth Godin's points, so we have to give a big shout-out to Seth. Thank you very much, and yeah. uh, and we'll be sure to link to Seth's blog in the show notes as well. And you might find that Seth ends up being the first thing in your inbox in the morning, too. If, <laughs> if you read a, read a few of his blog posts and you, you decide that uh, he you kind of like his quirky way of thinking and, and the way he writes, mm-hmm. you'll get something almost every day and sometimes a couple times a day. Yeah. It's uh, it really he's really prolific when it comes to writing down his um, his opinions and the the things that just strike him. And uh, he's not ever trying to make any money off of it. Uh, you know, he does sell some books, obviously, like we said. But uh, uh, it's usually good info. At least it will make you scratch your head. Yeah. So. Very so cool. I guess we're going to move on. As promised, we sat down for a great talk with Bonnie Duquette. So let's not delay that any longer. All right. All so right. let's head right on into the interview. Well, today we have a very special guest joining us, Bonnie Duquette of thejoyfulorganizer.com and the Joy of Organizing podcast. Yeah, Bonnie Joy Duquette, CPO, is a nationally recognized organizing expert, author, motivational speaker, and internet radio personality. Her company, The Joyful Organizer, creates and implements organizational systems for the home and office. Bonnie is the author of The Joyful Organizer's Guide to a Joyful Move, a comprehensive resource for families that are preparing to move, and her latest book, 50 Tips to Get You Organized in 10 Minutes or Less, is available in print or Kindle formats on Amazon.com. She also has gained a worldwide audience through her radio show, The Joy of Organizing. She has interviewed many of the country's top organizing experts, including Oprah's Peter Walsh, Julie Morgenstern, DIY's Carl Champley, Barbara Hemphill, and Barry Isaac. Wow, she said all the big ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Bonnie's organizing advice has been featured nationally in Better Homes and Gardens, Better Homes and Gardens Secrets of Getting Organized, Parents, and Women's Day Magazine. Bonnie is a board-certified professional organizer and has a bachelor's degree in resource and agribusiness management and is a summa cum laude graduate with an MBA from Nichols College. 
Okay, so that as a little background, Dan and I were both subscribers to Bonnie and her husband Matt's podcast, and I attended her session at the NAPO National Conference in New Orleans this past April on digital filing systems and smart organizing, uh, which, by the way, was one of my favorite sessions, Bonnie, because not only was it entertaining, it was informative, and I love going digital. Thank you so much. Uh, so although, you know what, Bonnie and I have never met. This is the first time that we've really spoken to each other in person, but we definitely have a connection because we're both professional organizers, and uh, we also both have a fellow husband and wife uh, podcasting team, so yeah. we have a little bit of uh, you know connection there. So welcome to the show, Bonnie. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Bonnie, the way we start off with every interview that we do is one simple question. And so we'll just start off with that, if that's okay. That sounds great. So, Bonnie, who are you and how do you make people's lives simpler? Well, uh, as Vanessa said, I am a professional organizer. And a lot of people ask me how I became a professional organizer. The short answer is I was born this way. I was labeling appliances in my parents' house. I wanted a closet system for my 11th birthday. Wow. And I was always helping friends and family get organized. It's truly a passion of mine to live a simpler, less complicated life um, through the elimination of clutter and just managing our time and our priorities a little bit better. And what we really focus on is the way you live your life and what you want to accomplish from being organized. Um, so it's really not about having a picture-perfect magazine home. Mm-hmm. It's about something that functions for your family. Um, and that means taking into consideration your goals, your decor, your budget, your time, the way you spend your time, uh, your livelihood, and, of course, the physical space you have. Wow, that's a great answer. That's awesome. Well, yeah, you know, um, we found, and I'm sure you have too, that when someone discovers simplicity and really works to attain a higher level of simplicity, it can have a tremendous impact on their lives. Um, Can you share an example or two of how you've witnessed that impact or help enable that change in someone's life? Absolutely. I think that we all think that more is more, and we spend a lot of our time um, trying to acquire things, and trying to um, make our homes better and our lives better through the acquisition of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when in reality, sometimes it's truly simplicity we're seeking. And of course, there are acquisitions that we can make that do make our lives simpler, such as a washing machine, so you don't have to hand wash your clothes. However, most of the time, more means um, more complicated. Right. So for, for example, I take into... Um, I, taking in consideration a closet full of clothes. You need to take time to launder those clothes, to iron those clothes, Mm -hmm. to make sure they're dust-free, to make sure they're free from pets. And then, of course, when you go to get dressed, it takes a lot of time because you need to decide between all of these clothes. You need to sort through all of these clothes. Mm -hmm. And I I always ask ladies in particular, what is it like when you go on a trip and you have just the amount of clothes you need to wear for two weeks in your suitcase? And they say, well, it's awesome. I get dressed no problem because I've already put my outfits together. I already um, have a, a select segment of my favorite clothes with me. And I don't have that big, big um, selection to choose from. So right. it's really fast. And I say, how does that make you feel? And almost everybody says, that makes me feel awesome because I can get dressed quicker. I can get dressed easier. I already have selected the things I love. And I say, you know, take that into consideration and really see how you can take that back to your home life 
What if you loved everything in your closet and everything felt great and looked great? Wouldn't it be awesome to get dressed every day? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, you know, that's just one example of, uh, you know, how we can pare down and give ourselves more time and more freedom and feel better. So you could take that into everything from coffee mugs to books on the shelf um, to items in your pantry. Uh, but just thinking about how less is actually more. You know, Bonnie, we hit on that all the time on this show. Um, it's just really, and I know it seems cliche, but really less is more. And, and, and we found the value in that. And we are reaping, I can think, benefits of that. And, and that's what we're trying to share with our listeners and stuff. But you kind of piggybacking on the whole thing of how we, we acquire things and, we, and that we want more. In one of your recent blog posts, it was titled, Why Do We Own? You touch on a couple of reasons why we tend to own things and want more. Can you talk about what those reasons are and, and how knowing why we own things, how we might be better able to control the clutter we let into our lives? Absolutely. And it really takes it a step further in getting organized is, um, you know, when I ask people why they want to get organized, um, the answer is not, I want a clean closet or the answer isn't, um, you know, I want to get the toys off the floor. The answer is that you want to be able to walk through your living room without stubbing your toe. You want to be able to get Mm -hmm. dressed in the morning quicker and without stress. So taking it a step further and thinking about the why So when people are purchasing things, I ask them why they are purchasing them. So we all need a car. Most of us need a car to get to and from work. Mm -hmm. So think about why you're purchasing that car. Would a used car suffice or are you purchasing a luxury car because you want to seem successful? Mm -hmm. Um, Are you purchasing clothes because you need to be warm and covered or are you purchasing those clothes because you want to be fashionable and you want to feel a certain way about yourself? Mm Mm-hmm. So really think about the intangibles that are coming with the items you're purchasing. And are you overwhelming your time, your budget, or your space by purchasing those intangibles instead of the simple necessities? And can you make do with what you have? Can you recycle something else? Can you share with a neighbor or a friend? Um, can you purchase used and, and save something else from going out into the environment? Instead of making those new purchases and making that impact on your life that you may not need. Yeah. You know, I think that's key because um, it's, it's what you need. And there's things, like you said, there's things that you need to have. And I know it's, it's probably relative and it's different from one person to the next. But there's, I think you hit on some perfect things as far as there's things that you need uh, that you have to have. But there's also things you think you need because you're trying to, uh, you know, identify yourself as somebody else or be in with the in crowd or, or whatnot. And I think that's it's clear that if you can stop and think about those things, then in the end, what you're going to end up doing is probably make probably some smarter or more mindful choices. And so I'm glad that you hit on that. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about that on a recent show, too, that it, it's amazing how some things um, have become so routine and and quote unquote normal for people to purchase that. Um, like for cars, for instance, cars now that you, like you just mentioned, they've become really more of a fashion item. Mm-hmm. They started off as something to get from point A to point B, but now they've kind of, you know, through time have, have come to be this like fashion accessory. Yeah. Um, and you hit the nail on the head. Do you just want it to look cool or show, show it as a status symbol or is it really just Functional. transportation? Yeah, right. Exactly. 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 And you know, I recently had a, a conversation with, with, um, a very, very dear friend and she has, um, an almost two year old now. And I have so, so many friends who have children and 
the amount of toys they have is astonishing. And kids can't possibly play with them all. Kids no. can't possibly mm-hmm. wear all these clothes. And she has a very um, different perspective about um, the amount, amount of toys that come into her home, the amount of toys that he can play with. And what's happening, instead of having this massive toy she has to clean up and a ton of toys for um, her son to play with, he is then going outside and playing oh. in um, a paddling pool. He's being inquisitive about his environment. He's playing with natural resources. And yeah. he's engaging with other children instead of playing with these toys constantly. And, you know, it's such a natural tendency that our kids need toys, our kids need entertainment, um, that when you change that cycle, it's amazing the benefits that come out of it. No kidding. I, I love that you that you mentioned that because I, th- I think um, – you know, there was a this video series that we watched um, talking about clutter in the home and stuff, and uh, and they were talking about how a lot of homes um, in America have become child centric, yep. and that I mean that the toys have spilled over into every single room of the house, and they're not confined, and that has so many different ramifications, and you know, some th- stuff I can just be hypothetical about, you know, that maybe that has led to a lot of. Uh, the ADD that we've um, experienced, the rise of that. Because people, how can you, how can kids truly appreciate what they have if they have so much and they're so distracted and they've got so a, much stimuli? So, yeah. yeah, just too much stimuli. You're right. Um, and then again, I think um, it's also a product of you know dual income families, which is great and it's fine. But I think a lot of times that parents sometimes by by necessity, hit kind of the the easy button and say, "Hey, I'm so busy trying to get the dinner ready here to play with this toy," you know, kind yeah. of thing. And it just it kind of spills over into the whole family life session. But I love I love that your dear friend is is really taking limiting, action yeah, on taking that. action, yeah. limiting, and then that that is going to open doors and experiences for that child like no other. And yeah. I think it's awesome. That was um, I don't know if you've ever if you've seen the series or read uh, any of the articles on it, but it was uh, the study was uh, from the Center for the Everyday Life of Families from UCLA. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Blew us away. <laughs> uh, absolutely. And I think one of the, um, you know, the biggest things people can take from it is to, um, you know, just stop and think. And I think once you find that if you take a certain stance on things and you let that become vocal to your friends and family, you'll find that a lot of other people are ready and willing to share <laughs> your perspective on like decreased toys or sure. decreased presence and that you'll be shocked at you know you're not alone in our society absolutely yeah. you know one of the things i ask my clients a lot of times when they have a toy problem i say well you know what's your living room for and the living room isn't for a playroom right it's for relaxing and spending family time together. So why is your child's toys all over the living room? Instead of having your child, the living room full of toys for your child to engage by themselves, really make it about the space and spending the family time together. Right. And that's really where you're going to find that you can make organizing a part of your whole life and make it about changing your life and living better and meeting your goals and extending your values rather than just the movement of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's good fantastic. advice. Yeah. You know, and something else that kind of spills over, which I think Dan's got the next question here talking about, is that, you know, it's like toys can be overwhelming. Um, so can photos, right. both physical and digital. So Yeah, and I, that's one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, Bonnie, was um, I, as I was looking through your website, I saw that one of your specialty services is photo management. 
And mm-hmm. that's, that's one area that we're trying to develop an SOP or standing operating procedure for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also an area we're often asked about from folks who listen to the show. So what tips can you share for others who'd like to kind of rein in the horses and get control of their photo memories? Maybe some digital tips and some, some for physical photos? So one of the biggest things I tell people is get those photos off your memory card and onto your computer within 48 hours of the event. And while that sounds overwhelming, in most cases, all you have to do is plug your memory card in and set it up to upload. So in reality, you do it, you walk away, make sure you label the album with the date, and then you can go back at a later time to organize, edit, and things like that. Right. Okay. So then you want to address the backlog if you have it. Um, And if you have a ton of photos um, that are physical photos and you want to make them digital, I say send them to a scanning service. They are inexpensive. They are easy to use. And in reality, you're going to save yourself a ton of time. They're going to send you CDs and you can load those things digitally. Um, If you have a ton of old digital photos to sort through, really sit down, spend about an hour every other week and about two hours a month. And you can sort through them and just code them by date, time, um, person, event, however you want to categorize, but make sure you pick one system. So if you're going to categorize by person um, or birthdays or holidays, make sure you stick with that going forward. Right. And then create photo books or photo gifts or order prints online. And there are so many different resources. There's Shutterfly, there's my publisher, um, even warehouses such as Costco have online photo ordering systems where you can order prints for about 10 cents a piece and have them shipped to somebody else. So in reality, our excuses for dealing with our digital photography are becoming less and less because you can do everything online and do everything very quickly. That's awesome. And I think um, I love the whole, you know, start with today going forward and then you can address the backlog later. I deal with that with with my clients' paperwork and paper, you know, paperwork and paper files too, because it's like they have all these, they're so stressed out about the past, but I'm like, okay, if those aren't real current, if those aren't files that you need to take action on, don't stress about it. We can deal with that later. (laughs) But I love that you hit on on that. Let's start today going forward. You establish your routine because how often do I talk about routines, Dan? (laughs) Like almost every episode. (laughs) Routinely. (laughs) (laughs) You know, have the routine. And then like you said, so when you do want to address the backlog, uh, make dates with yourself, you know, really kind of get strategic about the plan, have specific dates, you know, and put that on the calendar and then it'll be done before you know. But there are a lot of resources out there. Yeah, that's great advice. Especially, I really like the uh, get it off of your SD card or your memory card mm-hmm. and get it on your computer within 48 hours tip because I know I'm definitely guilty of that. And and then here's here's where I here's where I um, make my mistakes is I'll take it off the SD card and then I'll throw it in a folder that I'll make a new folder down. I was I was dealing with this this morning. Download from. Uh, camera and then date it and I'll put that on my desktop and then it sits there for a millennium <laughs> until I actually take action on uh-huh. it yep. and um, not good Dan not good I know, I know. but what I one of the things that I'm I'm, I'm a tech geek so I'm and I'm a gadget guy but one of the things I'm looking at is the new um, Wi-Fi SD cards have you seen those where they um, it's uh, the SD card has Wi-Fi in it and it automatically uploads either to your iPad or your computer what? if you're on the Wi-Fi system I remember that Hmm. Yeah, so I may check that. It, it may give me an excuse to review a product. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the the worst thing is that 
if you don't take it off, and you know, most of us only have one or two memory cards, the worst thing is that then you get to your next event and oh. it's still full, right. or you didn't delete them, and then you're stuck and you can't take pictures again. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, my husband's a professional photographer as well, and he has you know oodles of memory cards, but. <laughs> right. Even he does it sometimes where he's like, oh, I, you know, I forgot to upload these. And then you're stuck with, you know, not being able to take as many photos at the next event. Yeah. You know, funny story. Just I think it was just two days ago. Three. It was Friday. Um, we were we went and floated on our on the river, which is our, one of our favorite things to do. And then we stopped by Vanessa's mom and dad's house for a while after we went out to eat. And um, we were going to lay down for a bit. The uh, uh, the, the sun kind of took us took it out of us. And so her mom and dad walk in and say, Hey, look what we found. And it was an old digital camera oh my gosh. that had pictures from Thanksgiving of oh, years five ago. years ago. It was five yeah, years ago. When our daughter was born. Yeah. yeah. And so they never downloaded them. We never saw the pictures. They were stuck on this camera in this oh little digital God. time capsule. That's too funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to find a lot more of that. And the worst thing is sometimes I'll work with clients and we've changed mediums. You remember those old tiny cards? I oh, don't even yeah. remember what they were called, but you can't even find readers for those right. anymore. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the worst thing is that you lose photos forever because they were stored digitally. Right. right. And the technology keeps changing so fast that if you don't keep up with it, it'll be lost. So. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, great stuff. Great advice. Yeah. Thanks. So, Bonnie, my next question for you um, and is, and you'll probably relate to this, is, is the whole... We get this question a lot. I'm sorry. We get this question a lot as far as how how do you get others in your life? Let's say that you know you are really into getting you know, living a simple life. You want to downsize. You want to kind of edit all the clutter. Um, but let's say your loved one isn't really on board. How do you have any suggestions on how folks can work together um, to to live a simple life together? And how do you get somebody else that's not interested in that to to kind of join forces with you? I guess. Absolutely. That, and I get that question all the time, not only because I work with my husband, but a lot of times people will attend my seminars and they'll say, well, you know, my spouse or my significant other, they're not on board. How can I, how can I work with that? And there's a few things I say. The first of all is, it's, you know, don't take it personally when they're not participating. So just because they throw their clothes on the floor doesn't mean they don't love you. It means they <laughs> like to throw their clothes on the floor. Um, the second thing is that you want to explain to them why it's important to you that a space get organized. So, for example, if you want to organize your entryway, explain to them that that's the first thing you see when you come into the home, the last thing you see when you leave, and you'd like to be clear and organized, and it would give you a sense of calm and decrease stress. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, just taking time to explain what it means to you and how it would help your day will change their perspective. It goes from being a chore to accomplish to something they're doing for you. So, you know, a lot of times say, hey, don't buy me flowers or don't take me out to dinner. <laughs> but really what you could do every day is hang your coat up yeah. um, or put, you know, tell the kids, put your backpack away. That's really what you could do for me. And then one of the other things that you can do um, is truly think about what is meaningful to them. So, for example, um, if your significant other cooks all the time, 
organize the kitchen first, Mm -hmm. make their life easier and show them what a difference it can make and show them that you're willing to participate and do something for them. And then they'll be more willing to reciprocate most of the time and truly take things um, into their own hands and take responsibility for their part of the organizing process. I like that. I do that a lot with the, with the kids. I try to explain to them, you know, why something is either important to me or how it's going to help benefit them and whatnot. I just, I think it's really key to kind of explain the reasons why and not turn into a, like a nagging thing or a chore and all that. So that's really good advice. Exactly. And I think particularly with kids, one of the things is just to simply explain that this isn't, you know, this is the way it is. So many parents say, well, I don't want to do this either. You know, that's not the way to approach it. It's this is the way it is. We all participate mm-hmm. to keep a clean and organized home. This is what we do as part of this family unit. And if they see you dreading it, they're going to dread it. If they see you being disorganized, that's the image they're going to model. And a lot of times, kids don't move an organization in schools. So in mm-hmm. order to become effective adults and homeowners and even living in their college dorm, we need to start these habits early and, and truly ingrain them in their lives that this is the way it is and everybody participates and um you know it's how you be successful yeah i know that dan does that a lot with our with our kids you know just to let them have ownership and the real and the responsibilities of the family but they have a role and that their role is just as important as you know mommies or papas right. or whatever so i think that's really key too yeah that's absolutely great. well you mentioned family unit and like us you and your husband matt work together so i wanted to uh ask you some questions about um, how you transitioned from the corporate world to start your own businesses together and, and how that's changed for the, for the two of you, how you live your life together. Really? Um, I left the corporate world first. Um, I decided to um, open my own business, and that was about seven years ago now. Matt joined the company about a year and a half after that. So as you both know, working together is one of the best things mm-hmm. Um, possible. I absolutely, absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, but it is difficult sometimes if you have you know a disagreement about um, a business decision. It's very tough to make it not um, translate over to your personal life. So you know if you I don't like that color on the website and I do like that color on the website <laughs> and then ten minutes later you're having coffee together. It's very <laughs> difficult to not say oh he didn't like that color. So right. <laughs> you have to turn that on and off and that's a learning technique. And on the other side of it, there are sometimes like this past week, we had um, a lot of client projects going on. Um, we had a lot of different, um, I had coaching calls and we worked all day, every day um, into the night. And at the end of the week, despite the fact that we were in the same office, I turned to him and I said, I haven't gotten to see you all week. (laughs) (laughs) No, it just, um, so even though you're together constantly, um, sometimes you do lack that quality time. And because you're both working towards the same goal of a successful business, it is difficult to turn off and then say, hey, let's go out to a movie or, um, you know, hey, let's go do something. And sometimes even leaving the house is a challenge because you both want to stay home and stay focused on work. Yeah. I totally get that. There's at one point in our life, I actually made like a little document and I said, okay, this is the family fun document. (laughs) I scheduled, I scheduled time. I was like, I want mommy and daughter time. I want papa and son time. I want total family time. And then I want just me and Dan time. And I, I picked out dates of, I had it kind of picked up for the year and 
the frequency I wanted those things I thought was important is because sometimes you just will neglect it and forget about it. Like you said, when you get so busy um, that, and especially when you have, when you work from home, yep. it is, it is hard to switch. It's not that, you know, eight to five or nine to five job and then it's done. When you leave work, it's done. It's still going on. You're still wrapping up stuff. You're still answering emails or calls and all that stuff late into the night and you're working on projects. So it is hard to switch off, but yeah. <laughs> you got to be is, kind. It is particularly when, you know, when you use the same laptop, it's awfully hard to, you know, be playing around on Facebook and then not see <laughs> your business emails coming in. Uh-huh. And, you know, if your office is in viewing space of your living room, mine is, and it's very hard not to just say, oh, let me just run over there and print one thing. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, let me just do one more thing. Um, but we do have a, a very important coworker, and her name is Roxy. Uh, our, oh. our four and a half year old border collie. You probably heard her barking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So oh. she reminds us to take breaks by bringing us many, many toys. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> yeah. She'll, and she will continue to bring toys until you throw one. Well, that's pretty cool. That's a great relationship. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good stuff. I used to joke with Vanessa. She was talking about that document. I used to joke. She's in charge of planned spontaneity. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's that's a that's a cousin to what I call controlled chaos. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, Bonnie. Before we wrap up today, um, I wanted to talk about something you knew that you've started with your business, and that's your coaching services. So, can you tell us a little bit more about the types of coaching you offer to your clients? Absolutely. And we've been offering coaching services to our clients for a number of years mm-hmm. per their request. And finally, somebody said to me, "Why, why isn't that listed on your website?" Uh-huh. Um, so we have officially put it up there. But we offer coaching services on just about anything you can imagine a professional organizer would do. Um, We offer coaching services um, digitally and virtually via Skype, phone, or email for people who want a little assistance organizing their home. So perhaps they can't afford a professional organizer or a professional organizer doesn't live close to them. We can help them make those transitions and help with the purchase of organizing products, help with some ideas and things like that. We also help a lot of business people and busy moms with time management and productivity. Um, we help parents and students with ADHD and other learning disabilities become a little more organized and a little more conscious of their study skills. And of course, we help people who are new to professional organizing make the transition um, to becoming more successful business owners and um, increasing their revenue um, in professional organizing. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's Thank you. Well, Bonnie, we'll be sure to have links to uh, 50 tips to get you organized in 10 minutes or less in the show notes, as well as your website and your podcast. And I just wanted to ask, if, if uh, what do you think is the best way for people to contact you if they want to get in touch with you for your services? Um, really, anybody can email me at Bonnie, B-O-N-N-I-E, at thejoyfulorganizer.com. Or give me a call at 203-731-4651. Well, that's great. Is there anything else that you wanted to bring up before we close out for the day? Really, I just want to tell people, you know, as our slogan says, uh, an organized home is a joyful home. And truly just bringing calm to the chaos can help you live a better life. Absolutely. That's Thank so you true. so much. Yeah. It's, um, it was awesome to actually finally meet you, even uh, via Skype. Um, yes. But uh, I look forward to meeting you in person. Uh, probably at conference or something like that. But thank you so much for taking up the time today and your busy schedule to share all those wonderful tips about you know getting organized and living a simple life. We really, really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm sure, sure our listeners do. are going to appreciate it as well. 
Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Bonnie. Bye-bye. See you later, Roxy. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye-bye. So there you go. Bonnie Duquette of thejoyfulorganizer.com. Now, we'll be sure to have links in the show notes to her website and her podcast. And remember, if you have questions or comments, you can always reach us at dan at simplelifetogether.com and at Daniel Hayes on Twitter or Vanessa at simplelifetogether.com and at Get Simplified on Twitter. All right. So I think we're ready for the thing segment. So Woo-hoo, let's, we're doing yeah. something different today. We are going to do something different. We have a shared thing. A combined mm-hmm. thing. Yep. yep. For the first time ever, we have a combined... I think it's the first time ever. I think so, too. We have too. a combined thing. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, it was spending time with old friends and new friends at the World Domination Summit over the holiday weekend uh, in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Uh, Chris Gillibo and his whole crew put on a fantastic event. Once again, this is our third WDS, uh-huh. and uh, and I think they did a pretty good job of scaling from... 1,000 people to 3,000 people. Yep. And it was under 500 the first time. So uh, we'll see what uh, next year holds in store. But we just had a blast. <sighs> it was so fun. Hanging out with folks. Folks that we've had on the show. On the show, so, yeah. So Brooks I have a, Duncan. I have a list. Okay, give uh, me the list. <laughs> from my... I, I'm going to ruffle some papers here. Let's see. <laughs> and I know we're going to leave somebody out. But, of course, Brooks Duncan uh-huh. from documentsnap.com. And we hung out with him and a bunch of... New folks from the British Columbia area that we met. They were a hoot. We had a great time. Farnoosh Brock from the Daily Interactive Podcast. And Prolific Living. And Prolific Living. Mm -hmm. And Joshua Becker uh, from Becoming Minimalist. Of course, he was on episode 11, I think it was. We had a really nice, well, we sat with him for a whole day, half a day, actually. And um, Joel Zaslowski, we mentioned Joel from uh, Smart and Simple Matters. He's in our last episode. Yeah. Yeah, Value Simple from the last episode. Courtney Carver from Be More With Less. Yeah. Uh, Chris Ducker from the Philippines. He's from ChrisDucker.com and the New Business Podcast. Chris is a wild man. He is. He's crazy. Um, but he's and, uh, a, a smart dude, man. Let me tell you. Yeah, he comes sure with the business is. stuff. He sure is. <laughs> we had a great time with him. <laughs> and uh, Leo Babauta from Zen Habits. We yeah. had a nice talk with him and his wife. That was at the uh, at the, the after party. After party, which was amazing. Oh, my There's gosh. There's probably going to be some videos on that online. Yeah. But uh, and really, just so many others. Jeff Goins from GoinsWriter dot com, Andy Traub, who we've mentioned on the show from the Take Permission Media Network, and wow. G- Sybil and Rob Chavis from The Possibility, Possibility of Today, Today. Oh, Mike yeah. Vardy from Productivityist dot com, and he does a podcast called Mike's on Mike's. And I mean, just so many, so many. I know we're going to miss somebody, so I'm just going to stop there. But we have. We just had a blast. We had a blast. Yeah, and of course, it was really neat connecting with folks that like-minded folks, you know, um, just on our sphere trying to simplify, but also kind of the business side. And it was just, I, it's hard to explain, uh, you know, WDS to a lot of folks, but it's basically a bunch of creatives. Yeah. A lot of them tend to be writers, bloggers, and things like that, um, other, you know, business owners and things like that. But it is just life coaches, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's just amazing. You go there, everybody is supportive of one another, offering advice uh, and, and tips. And then it's really, really motivational for folks that are trying to pursue something new or different. Um, it's kind of motivational and inspiring. They had tons of fantastic speakers there. Um, Tess Vigeland of NPR, right? Right. She was out Outstanding, uh, Don Miller, Miller yep. um, of Storyline.com, I think, uh, yep. blog, and um, Chase Jarvis. Chase Jarvis, from yeah. Creative Live. And it, oh, 
it just goes on. It was okay. just, yeah. it was so cool. Oh, uh, oh, Darren Rouse. Darren Rouse, yeah. And then um, Nancy Duarte. Nancy Duarte. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She, she is fantastic. She did uh, help write Al Gore's. Al Gore's uh, uh, Inconvenient Truth uh, slide presentation. Yeah. So yeah. I'm telling you, it's just it was just really fantastic. And I know we keep talking about it, but it was really great. And then the after party was rocking it. I yes. mean, imagine two, 2,000 or 2,500 people at least out on the dance floor dancing for hours yeah. straight. First half was Bollywood dancing, and the second half was 80s. Oh, we were so there. We were on the 80s, man. (laughs) Dan and I were on it. We were. And so Dan danced for two hours straight. How awesome. Okay, so you don't know, but the man doesn't like to dance very much. But he was out there for like two hours straight dancing, and I was in heaven because I love to dance. I was just standing still and moving a little bit. You were reminiscing back yeah. in your, hey, you know. it was the 80s. Yeah. I was so time. tempted to dig out my parachute pants and my denim jacket, but they're gone. <laughs> we edited them and forget it. Yeah. <laughs> and then we had Claire, who's a listener to the show. She oh, yeah. she came up to us and uh, when we were in line, and we talked with her for quite a bit, and that, and that was fantastic to see her, yeah. a, a fellow uh, Simple Life Together listener. Yeah, and cool. um, And then Chris, who we met... Um, Last year at the opening party? Yes, it was. And uh-huh. he came up and, and was telling us what a great year he's had because he started a gratitude journal. Yeah. And he says his entire life turned around. Yeah. So, fan- I mean, we just met so- met and re- were reintroduced to so many people there. It was an absolute blast. So, yeah, we're still on a high from that um, experience. It was just it's yeah. awesome. So. Yeah. That's so, our thing. That's our thing. It's a long combined thing. <laughs> okay, but, so I guess we're going to have to wrap it up today. Um, so that's it for episode 34 of Simple Life Together. Thanks again to Bonnie Duquette for joining us. And don't forget, no show next week. So take some time to catch up or re-listen to your favorite episodes. And if you happen to see us out there on the road, because we're going to be doing some some world tour stuff here <laughs> uh, over the next couple of weeks, be sure to honk, stop us, and let us know you're listening to the show. Tell us how we can make it better. And uh, we'd love to see you and meet you in person. Yeah. So, And our combined thing, remember, was having a great time at WDS 2013. That's right. Now, don't forget, you can find all the links and info from today's show at simplelifetogether.com slash 034. There are links to Bonnie's website and show, so check it out. And head on over to SimpleLifeTogether.com where you can sign up for the Edit and Forget It Challenge. Still going strong <laughs> in, uh, in month number seven. Wow. And uh, you can also check out the left side of the uh, site there and, and see the little ad for the Google Drive tutorial or the free uh, side gig website guide that we talked about a little bit. And um, start that side business that Seth talked about in his article. There you go. (laughs) And remember, there are links to our Twitter and Google Plus profiles on the website. So let us know what you think of the show and how you're simplifying your life, too. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. And if you have a chance, give us a rating and review over there in iTunes. It would be awesome to help other people find the show. So until next time, we hope you enjoy your simple life together. 